This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome to the War Room. It's Natalie Winters hosting on today, Thursday, November 16th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I am coming at you live from the West Coast from California. You guys probably picked up. I'm not in the DC studio if you're joining us on video, not just on the podcast platform. Don't worry. I'm not here to meet with Xi Jinping or any of the Chinese Communist Party apparatchiks that have been out here meeting with Joe Biden and, of course, basically all of corporate America. But here out on assignment. Don't worry, I will be back. Uh, but in the meantime, not only do we have a packed show, but the news cycle today, I looked just before I was coming on air since we've been live this morning. So much has happened. I feel like Steve usually hands the reins over to me when it's a bit of a, a slower day. But just since this morning show, we've already seen Jaden X, John Sullivan, that peculiar January 6th journalist, photojournalist type guy who used to be an Olympian too, uh, get, I believe, all guilty counts uh, for his actions on January 6th. We also see similar charges being brought and, of course, guilty convictions against the individual who attacked Paul Pelosi. The gag order against Trump has been temporarily halted. And believe it or not, you guessed it. I guess we'll be getting into the Chinese Communist Party and their lawfare tactics later in this show. Uh, but they also, they being the Biden DOJ, or I guess allegedly the special counsel, Bob Herr, has said they will not be pursuing charges, likely, at least that's according to a report from CNN, um, against the Biden, specifically Joe Biden, for the classified document scandal uh, that was happening at his Delaware home, of course, at the Penn Biden Center. So I guess when Joe Biden does it, it's fine. But when Donald Trump doesn't even do it, but allegedly does it, they have to storm and raid his house, but that's just a glowing and glaring example of the two-tier justice system we live in. Now, we, like I said, we have a packed show. We have some great guests. But before we get into all of that, if you guys saw me on the morning show today, there's some interesting news that I don't think has been receiving the attention that it so justly deserves. So Denver, if you want to roll the clip to tee up this segment, because I think it'll get people uh, justifiably angry with the actions of none other than EcoHealth Alliance president and Fauci-funded bat coronavirus researcher Peter Doshak. Let's roll that clip. Excuse me, Dr. Dazak. Good afternoon. Or good morning. Arjun Singh with the Daily Caller News Foundation. May I ask, do you agree with the U.S. government's assessment that the coronavirus leaked from a laboratory in why China? Don't, why don't we go back? Dr. Dazak, do you agree with U.S. government assessments that COVID-19 leaked from a laboratory? Do you regret sending money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Has your research prevented any pandemic since or before COVID-19? Dr. Dazit, do you regret sending funds to the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Okay. 
Now, for those of you who have followed the saga of the COVID origins tale quite closely, not only do you know that Peter Doshak is a key player, not just likely in the origins of COVID-19, he of course collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, but he's also been one of the leading voices, uh, lead, really leading voices of actual disinformation and deception, uh, whether it's with the World Health Organization and American media outlets saying that COVID developed naturally and that people like myself, people like Steve, Peter Navarro, I'm sure you guys who are watching, uh, are all deranged lunatics. Remember, he played a, a leading role in the Lancet statement which basically decried that everyone who dared to utter the words Wuhan Institute of Virology were conspiracy theorists. The mainstream media used it as an example to discredit our voices. Of course, thanks to this show and my reporting at the National Polls, Peter Doshak actually had to recuse himself from the Lancet Commission because he didn't disclose any of his conflicts of interest. Now, I could go on and on and on, but suffice to say that what I was just talking about really has to do with the legwork that investigative and independent media has done into this man, Peter Doshak. And we had been pushing, and not just the War Room Posse, even the Washington Post had an editorial saying that Peter Doshak needs to testify before Congress about his role in the origins of COVID-19. And lo and behold, we get him in front of Congress yesterday for a transcribed interview. And the very best that Congress, specifically the subcommittee, can put out after 9.5 hours, like I said this morning, they should have held him for at least double digits, 10 minutes, 10 hours, the bare minimum. The best that they could get from him was that he briefed Dr. Fauci after visiting Wuhan in 2021. He received a strangely accurate warning about COVID before China told the world, and he called some doctor a mentor. Now, they tweeted that captioning it. This is what we learned from our interviews. And it's just a perfect example of how fundamentally unserious our congressional leaders, specifically the House Republicans on this committee are, that if you had someone like Peter Doshak, I mean, to, to put this to an equivalent, it's like having House Republicans be able to question George Soros for 9.5 hours. And the best that they get after it is a tweet saying, we've uncovered that George Soros has some parking violations. They totally missed the mark. It's really, it's abysmal. Um, if you if you look at the reporting that we've done, that what this show is focused on with Peter Doshak, he is a linchpin. He is a central figure in unearthing the origins of COVID-19. Because if you get behind those origins, you, of course, also find the Chinese Communist Party, which is why this issue, issue really is so central. And the other side of the coin, which none of these questions seem to even indicate that there, that there was any work on, has to do with the United States government's involvement in the research that was going on at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, specifically how Anthony Fauci had been funding that lab, not just through Peter Doshak, but through other programs designed to create, in Peter Doshak's own words, killer viruses. Now, I know this show is usually pretty tough on our congressional Republicans because I really can only count, not even on one hand, really just one finger, the amount of, uh, I think, congressmen that actually fight for us consistently on every issue. But this, again, is just a perfect example of how these congressional investigations, these committees are nothing more than shiny toys, but they're really not even that shiny or they just fundamentally miscalculated. Frankly, it's my theory of the case. Frankly, how dumb the American people are. And Warren Posse, you should take this as an insult to your intelligence that they think just having Peter Doshak sit for a transcribed interview where they talk basically about nothing um, is enough to keep you guys satisfied uh, when it comes to the issue, the question of the origins of COVID-19. 
Now, enough from me, but someone that you guys probably want to hear a lot more from on, at least when it comes to investigations going on on the Hill, and really how the Chinese Communist Party laundered through, I guess, Sequoia Capital or their various proxies and fronts really run cover. Um, They kind of don't allow these investigative committees, whether it's Republican leadership or the Chinese Communist Party, to get to the The thing itself, the heart of the issue is, of course, Brian Costello, who's done absolutely amazing work when it comes to the infiltration of Sequoia Capital, uh, which maybe is just sort of a a euphemistic term for the Chinese Communist Party. But, Brian, using this kind of example as, I think, paradigm through which to view how neutered a lot of these investigations have been on the Chinese Communist Party, I would just love your thoughts specifically on this front, on the coronavirus pandemics uh, subcommittee. And if you think there's been any substantive changes under Speaker Mike Johnson, you know, not not unfortunately not yet, Natalie. We're seeing the same people running the committees. We're seeing political theater where it seems more about a soundbite or a tweet or you know looking like you're tough on something than it does to actually getting to the truth for the American people. So you see a lot of this today. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism of these committees in that they don't actually work together. Um, and, and, and I'll take it into like the Sequoia stuff, right, where I, where, where I love to go. You know, Gallagher sends a letter out for the China Committee on investigating uh, Sequoia related to funding companies with PLA contracts. Where's the Armed Services Committee? Uh, how come the Armed Services Committee isn't launching an investigation into this in the Senate or in the House, right, and looking, looking into this? They want to protect the men and women of the military, but they don't want to confront donors who are actually funding uh, – uh, companies that have contracts with our foreign adversaries, militaries, who are also selling those weapons to other enemies in the Middle East and places like that. So, so it's, you know, the whole format of this five minutes, Natalie, is, is ridiculous. And when they don't work together, uh, you know, and, and, and really try and get to the heart of the matter, they're all just looking for their little political theater. It's not very effective. See, my whole take on the issue of the Chinese Communist Party, the the China threat, is that the rhino wing of the Republican Party, who will talk nice, right, they talk a nice game against the Chinese Communist Party, they don't actually, to their core, believe in, for lack of a better term, taking down the CCP. They like to use, they like to exploit the China threat really as a rationale, as a justification for just an ever-ballooning defense budget, right, or giving their donors, the defense industry, really the pretext, the justification uh, to just get more pork, to to put it nicely. Because if you actually wanted to take down the Chinese Communist Party, it really wouldn't be that hard from from a financial market perspective. Am Am I too jaded? Or do you think that most of the action that we've seen from Congress so far, not even just this Congress, but just empirically, sort of has always been just performative. It doesn't really seem like actual accountability that, you know, action, action, action that Steve always talks about has ever really been there. Yeah, I think it's a couple, like, I think it's a couple things, right? I think it's a culture, right? So culture is the behavior of management, uh, Peter Drucker said. So you have people like McCarthy, McConnell, Schumer, Pelosi, who have gotten to those leadership positions because, the donors, because the donors that supported them, those donors have been given market access for their companies and investment opportunities in China. So they buy the malfeasance at the top, and then that funnels down into the organization. So they're all so used to just, you know, being worried about getting their slice of the campaign, uh, the PAC money, or getting on the right committees, or getting on on TV, 
they're not actually focused on the issue for the American people. And nowhere is this more obvious than when it comes to China, because there's such a small slice. I mean, if you look at if we look at the uh, if we look at the, the the guest table at Xi Jinping, some of those are big GOP donors. Those are big rhino donors, right? Who, uh, you know, they believe TikTok shouldn't be banned. They believe in open capital markets. And, you know, it seems really, it seems to really work well to them when a closed, a closed market, a closed society like China, where they pick, uh, you know, where they pick who's successful based on your loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party. They seem to do awful well uh, in those markets and be willing to write big checks. So the, 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 there's a lot to it. I think it's ultimately become a culture. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because on the same day that, you know, you see Apple CEO Tim Cook dining with Xi Jinping, and I believe it was the $40,000 a pop dinner. I don't even want to know what it costs to sponsor it or underwrite it, which I believe Apple and BlackRock and all these bad hombres did. Um, But it's the same day that Chairman Mike Gallagher on the China Committee uh, writes a letter to Apple and Jon Stewart's team talking about how they believe that his show was canceled because he dared to touch on the China subject. Now, of course, we've yet to see any actual substantive action, but with what you were talking about, I'm just curious your thoughts on that that incident. I mean, listen, it shouldn't surprise anyone, right? For a tweet, they, uh, you know, they kick kick the NBA out for a short t- short time period. So, you know, it's it's uh, China's a big market. China's a big market for Apple, right? They have a lot of. Uh, leverage over Apple from that perspective, and they're going to take the things that they think are important. So, you know, sometimes comedians can uh, hit hit a nerve in terms of the way they deliver things. And the fact that there started to be a focus on China obviously upset the Communist Party. Um, um, you know, and, 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 and there's also another thing, Natalie, which people don't know. If you make money in China, your loyalty is supposed to be to the Chinese Communist Party wherever you are. So all these people making money in China, they're also to be beholden to the Chinese Communist Party in the U.S. And they're held accountable for that. Article 7 of China's national intelligence law is also, I think, something that might be worth reading all these so-called uh, China files yeah. and these right-wing donors who like China. Brian, we'll be right back after this break if you can hang with us because I want to drill down in War Room. In the meantime, you guys should go to birchgold.com slash Bannon because you know Birchgold would never do business with the Chinese Communist Party. They are as American, as pro-America as you could possibly get, which is why you got to go there to make sure that your financial future looks like that and is not dependent in any way, shape, or form on the Chinese Communist Party or Xi Jinping. We'll be right back after this break. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, 
the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Back to the war room. What you just watched was last night's dinner featuring honoring Xi Jinping out here in California and him receiving a round of applause from everyone in the room, basically all of the leaders of corporate America, all the business leaders who, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think my memory is, is that bad yet. The same business leaders who absolutely hate you and hate your guts and detest you for daring to question uh, the authenticity and the legitimacy of the 2020 election, right? That was a no-go. But Xi Jinping, and I'm not even just talking about the human rights abuses, but how about the global master plan to basically replace the United States and the world order as global hegemon? But I guess the global corporations are probably in on that because they probably have a way to make more money with that uh, calculation of things since they've already outsourced all their manufacturing over there anyways. But I don't think it should be lost on anyone. That video, I think, really has a level of of gravity and seriousness to it. And and just for what it's worth, some of the companies who were there, the corporate sponsors of this evening include Apple, BlackRock, Blackstone, Gilead, Honeywell, MasterCard. Like I said, all these companies who conveniently hate you too. And it's almost like the Chinese Communist Party doesn't do business with companies who don't share their values. That's like what Brian was saying before the break, they're not going to let you get into business with entities that actually put America first, because putting America first is fundamentally at odds with the modus operandi of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, Brian, I want to get your thoughts on on all of that, because really, I think more, more than anyone, you understand firsthand the infiltration in the financial sector. But just to wrap up our discussion on the political topics, I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw a pretty horrific picture of Gavin Newsom, who I guess just returned uh, from China uh, with his wife and Xi Jinping totally hamming it up, playing it up um, with Xi Jinping. I guess he needs his approval before he can run for the Democratic Party. But I believe CalPERS, right, California State Pension Fund, is is heavily tied to Sequoia. So I'm just curious your thoughts on Gavin Newsom, particularly California, uh, in the realm of Chinese Communist Party infiltration. Listen, I'm not sure we could have found a bigger Manchurian candidate than Joe Biden, but they might they might have actually done it with <laughs> Gavin Newsom. So just so so the viewers understand how this works. So CalPERS is the uh, where the retirement pension money for the employees in California go. And one of the areas they invest in is alternative investments like venture capital and things like that, hedge funds. So they have two hundred and sixty million dollars that went into 
Sequoia Capital China's last fund, which Neil Shen, who also works for Sequoia and the Chinese government, uh, was raising. So Chairman Gallagher on the China Committee is now investigating Sequoia for funding companies with PLA contracts in China, and Gavin Newsom is going long uh, with that information out there on that. And so why is he doing that? I think your viewers need to understand one of the principals or partners from Sequoia is a guy named Michael Moritz. Michael Moritz is one of Gavin Newsom's biggest donors. He's sponsored specific bills. His name's been in television commercials with them on, on, on certain things, Prop 30 out here in California. So here you have Newsom funding Sequoia, making money in China through CalPERS. Then they turn around and take some of that money and use it back to support, you know, putting him in the, in the, in the, in the big house and not in the big house. It's probably where he should be, but in the, in the governor's mansion in California, you know, and then as we all know, he's probably the front runner to be uh, pushed in front of Biden when, when they're done using him for what they need to use him for. So more broadly, I know, I think I might agree with you that Gavin Newsom is maybe a bit more of a Manchurian candidate than Joe Biden. Maybe only if you put up Hunter Biden, would he beat him? Yeah. Um, but just more broadly on a financial compromise, obviously, this is something that I've spent years of my uh, journalist journalism career uh, working on and exposing. But I'm just curious your thoughts sort of from the, the meta perspective. Is the reason that you think the Chinese Communist Party goes after, whether it's, you know, the pension funds, but more, more particularly Wall Street, these investment banks, the hedge funds, uh, really all of corporate America, do you think it's because they just, you know, want to control them, they want to be in business, it's about market access, it's about maximizing profits, or, and I think this is our theory of the case here in the war room, it's the, the concept, the doctrine of, you know, strangling you with your own systems. In other words, because America is so open uh, to outside investment, to foreign investment, the Chinese Communist Party can come over here and really cultivate a corporate class of companies who are not beholden to any pro-American interests, but instead, I would argue, are sort of on board with the Chinese Communist Party's economic and social control system model, the social kind of credit store, credit score approach to the economy, to the world. I'm just curious your thoughts on what you think is going on here. Maybe it's not so black and white, um, but why you think they're so after American companies. Yeah, I think it's, well, listen, I think that if, if you're allowed to be successful in China, whether you're a financial services or regular company, there's really two things they're looking for. They're looking that you have some technology they need, right? So this might be like why like an Elon Musk or a Tim Cook, uh, you know, at the time of jobs, they wanted, they wanted to learn how to build cell phones in the supply chain. They wanted to learn how to build electric vehicles. The other place they let you in is if you have political influence or political clout, because they want to use that political clout to buy malfeasance in Washington, D.C. So this is where a lot of the financial guys are let in, right? So it, it's, an, it's an influence operation, right? Market access and investment opportunities, you know, the CIA has documented this, are two things that they use to, to co-opt the business elite. But at the same time, I think if you, if you read any of Xi's early stuff, right, he was very critical of his predecessors and that they tried to export the ideology without having the economic prosperity and the success. So I think he's really worked Wall Street and that crowd to get Chinese companies public. Uh, you know, Alibaba back in 2014 went public right after 
he was there to kind of show like, hey, we're part of the Western world, this capitalism with Chinese characteristics to get people to invest in China. As you know, they have a bunch of Ponzi markets there, the real estate, it kind of hid that. And unfortunately, our government's done a miraculous job hiding the crimes for them as well, too. I mean, you talked about the COVID origins earlier on the show. It's like, I still believe fundamentally that we wanted to hide that because the U.S. elite have so much money into China, we didn't want to deal with the reality of what we were dealing with. So we had to make it look like it was natural origins and you know, put a whole ruse and, and, and misinformation campaign in front of the American people. Because if we didn't do that, it would show where our wealthy and elite had invested, and that was going to be a fundamental problem. So this is why you see them hiding crimes at the SEC, at the FBI, at the DOJ, why you see this COVID thing, everybody's saying, oh, natural origins. If you look across the spectrum, they're because of the elite donor money in China, which is trillions and trillions of dollars. And, and, and she has a, you know, one of the controls that she really has is it's called the State Administration of Foreign Exchange. So you can't get your money off. This has been really underreported, right? When Hunter Biden was getting his wires, nobody could get money out of China. Literally, the Chinese government through the State Administration of Foreign Exchange had to sign off on those wires. So the government knew exactly what they, what they were doing there at the highest levels. It's one of the controls they have in place. So I think it's a it's a can combination. You, can you of, drill down on that for one second, saying that Hunter Biden th- that there was no money really coming out of China? Yeah, when Trump when Trump, when Trump when Trump got elected in 2016, uh, she sent out a memo. So in every Chinese bank, there's what they call a safe office or the State Administration of Foreign Exchange. And one way they control the currency and the market is they immediately shut off. You cannot convert RMB to U.S. dollars, right? So you, if you wanted to wire $5 million or $500,000 to the U.S., there's an officer in the banks that has to stamp that. So that might be at Silicon Valley Bank in China. That might be at Bank of China, right? That might be at HSBC, any bank. And those people work for the government. So they have to approve RMB being transferred to U.S. dollars and wired out of the country. In 2016... They shut off all wires because they didn't know what was going to happen with Trump. So you needed to have political connections to get those safe officers to sign that sign that money out. So nobody really reports on this. Like nobody was getting money out of China 2017, 2018, leading up into the trade deal, except for it seems like the Biden family. The Biden family seemed to not have any problem getting the wires through the, the government to actually get the money out. And this was very reported on at the time. There are a lot of people that just couldn't even get stuff paid because the government cracked down with this state administration foreign exchange exchange group. Wow. Talk about a, a buried lead. <laughs> Brian, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on to, to explain more about that. That's an interesting angle that, I, that frankly, even I've never heard of. Uh, in the meantime, if people want to stay up to date with what you're working on, your analysis Whatever you're up to, however you are helping our crusade to take down the CCP, uh, where can people go to do that? Looks like we may have some audio difficulties, but Brian, if you can hear me, we're wondering where. All right. I guess we don't have Brian. Well, I think he's Brian Costello on all social media platforms. You should follow him. That's all good. I'm Natalie Winters. But don't worry. Don't go anywhere. We have a full show. We got Dave Walsh, Darren Beattie. Mike Lindell, and I think you might get some more rants from me on the topic. I guess now I'm now I'm ticked off knowing that Hunter Biden was the exception to getting money out of China. If you, I mean, I know we have a lot of smoking guns on the Biden front. 
Uh, but this very well may be just another one. And I'm sure Congress will probably sweep in a year or two after this break, try to take credit for it and try to tell us that it's new information that we should be excited about, distracted by the fact that they're not actually doing anything to hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable. Warren Bossy, we will be right back after the break. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Now, let me tell you why this is important. EnviroCleanse is predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got EnviroCleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's EK for EnviroCleanse. ekpure.com and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Frankly, I think uh, Public Square should use that clip we played in the last segment of all of the business leaders who hate you, hate your guts, and hate America. Yet they clap and applaud Xi Jinping. It's probably their next advertisement campaign as to why you guys need to get Public Square. Go there, shop, find businesses in your local area uh, that support your values, that will support your right to stand up for your values. You guys, as you guys know, that's Obviously, very important to us here in the war room, as Steve always says, stop giving your money to people that absolutely hate you. Maybe despise would probably be better there. I know I see a, a lot of comments saying that when I talk, I need to take more breaths and slow down. But I would counter that at the state at the current crisis with which we are in in this country in America, with the Chinese Communist Party encroaching us here at the point in which our business leaders are literally giving Xi Jinping a murderous, genocidal dictator. That's right, I'll use the word dictator. And no, the White House doesn't need to spin on my behalf. You guys saw they were covering up for Joe Biden using the D word to describe Xi Jinping. We don't have time for breaths here in the war room. I got to cram it all in. Uh, speaking of cramming it in, having a lot of information, as always, Dave Walsh, particularly on the energy front, the... Uh, it's going to say hoax that is climate change. 
think I'll be able to keep my job if I say that here in the war room. I know most of corporate America, if I said that, I probably wouldn't be able to. Uh, but Dave Walsh, I would love to get your thoughts on everything going on in California between Xi Jinping and Biden, but specifically on the so-called climate change front. John Kerry having meetings, basically everyone meeting with Xi Jinping and the CCP apparatchiks. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, what what should have been extremely serious meetings with a country that is allied with a country that we're spending $180 billion of U.S. taxpayer money to fight already in support of, uh, of the efforts in Ukraine. China is allied with Russia. China is allied with Iran in the instance of their support for Hezbollah and Hamas. We're now actively engaged as we should be supporting Israel in that front. China is engaged actively behind Hezbollah and Hamas through their support for Iran. So these are serious matters along with China's continuous bellicose threats that they're going to take over Taiwan at some point not to be to be named by them um, and other threats they're making with advancing their their military efforts across the South China Sea. But no, we need to make sure uh, whether impacting the weather, changing the weather is on the agenda for these important meetings. And Xi Jinping, a great salesperson, you talked about promoting products. He's one of the finest product promoters in the world as a salesperson, did get the U.S. once again to double down on its commitments to fight climate change and by buying more thin film solar panels, more lithium ion batteries for utility scale battery storage, more lithium ion batteries inside of electric vehicles, and of course, inverters and other uh, grid apparatus for our grid, all being sold to us by China as their part, their selling stuff, which is going to amount to probably $700 billion over the next 10 years as we continue to install solar panels, inverters, and uh, utility scale batteries in our utilities of product being sold by China. So that's his uh, Xi Jinping's efforts. There were some meetings with Kerry a few days before this to tee up a soundbite for COP28 that the administration desperately wanted, that they, they would endeavor to get China to commit jointly to fight climate change, one, through, of course, selling their many products, but two, maybe actually adding other um, non-CO2 actual emissions to their list of their, of their climate plan, but by 2035, not until 2035. And as many people know, they haven't committed on this, uh, this uh, CO2 issue to be... Uh, joining up and really uh, catching up until 2060. So they're not really doing anything except selling products to the West and except for building one and a half, two, two coal plants a week, as they've announced in the last 18 months. So when you look at what they're doing compared to what they're saying, the Chinese, these are two very different things. And what the administration did achieve in these meetings was the soundbite headed into COP28 that they were looking for, that yes, yes, China is on board with us fighting climate change, even though their efforts are largely geared at selling Western Europe and the United States billions in equipment. Now, I think it's fair to say that de-dollarization is probably the greatest or, or really most consequential trend showing how a lot of the global world order is sort of shifting away from the traditional American, at least fiscal dominance that we've seen. Um, but I think one of the other trends that goes hand in hand, but it's something that I track very closely, is how a lot of these these countries, the third world, the developing country, whatever the you know PC term is, whichever because whichever one it is, we'll use the opposite here uh, in the war room, um, but have been 
partnering with various state-run Chinese oil and gas companies to, you know, ink multi-decade, multi-year deals. One company that's of specific interest to me is Sinopec, because uh, BHR Partners, that shady investment fund that Hunter Biden founded with billions of dollars in investment from the Chinese Communist Party less than two weeks after his father returned uh, from China, Hunter Biden took Air Force Two on that trip. Um, but it's very interesting because Sinopec just signed a 27-year LNG uh, supply deal with Qatar. Interestingly enough, I know last time we were on the show, we talked about uh, how what's going on in the Middle East is going to affect energy prices here at home. But I'm just curious your thoughts. You know, when you look at the the chaos that the world has been plunged into um, under the I don't even want to use the word leadership, but under the reign of, of Joe Biden, um, it seems like it's sort of the ultimate fantasy for the Chinese Communist Party because they can come in. Of course, the companies have financial ties to Hunter Biden. Um, but I'm just curious your thoughts on on how, first of all, the Biden family's Chinese compromise affects everything going on, their ability to actually hold the Chinese Communist Party to account, but how you think what's going on in the Middle East is going to continue to affect this. Well, up until two years ago, the U.S. was a large exporter of LNG to China. But as you pointed out, that's now been displaced by this deal with with Qatar, who are the second largest LNG exporter in the world. We have to go back and look at what China is doing and what they have done in the last year. In addition to that big deal, and that's about fossil fuels that they were getting from us before, so a natural gas supply. But in the last year, they've inked a deal with Russia for pipelines, displacing the ones that Russia had going to Western Europe now to China. They've displaced two million of uh, two million barrels per day of Russian export to Western Europe is now directed to China. China has also inked deals in the last eight months with Iran and Iraq, Iran specifically for two million barrels of oil a day at Brent at the Brent crude price minus forty to forty five percent, and that's a twenty year deal. So those those deals are all about the massive use of fossil fuels and becoming dependent on Iran, Iraq, Qatar, uh, and Russia. For, for critical fuels, really, and the, and the gas deals with Iran pipelines and Russian pipelines basically solve China's need. They've had a, a missing piece of their energy puzzle has been their lack of natural gas. Now they've got cheaper pipeline natural gas going to be coming from Russia and from Iran across the Belt and Road region that they look to. And that's part of what Belt and Road meant, pipelines from Iran also into China. And pipeline gas is far cheaper than LNG. So they've got their natural gas problem solved, and they've got their oil problem solved. China likes oil imports about uh, 12 million barrels a day from around the world. Now that's largely solved between Russia and Iran. So now, and, and and all these transactions will be in yuan, not in dollars, displacing transactions in many cases that formerly took place in dollars. So the uh, de-dollarization of the global global market is continuing, particularly in energy by countries like China that have decided fossil fuels are the keys to the kingdom in terms of elevating productivity, economic development, industrialization, and military power. You know, we spent the last segment talking about basically how corporate America, by doing business with the Chinese Communist Party, it has fundamentally changed, influenced, really, I think, the way they see the Chinese Communist Party. It has made them, even if ideologically believe it to their core, Regardless, it makes them all the more pro-Chinese Communist Party, whether they want to couch it under the terms of market access, you name it. So 
it's very curious to me when you look through the, that very same lens with the business deals that have been pursued by the Biden family. Most of them had to do with energy. Energy. Remember, it was CEFC, China Energy, right? It all had to do with energy. I think, frankly, the Chinese Communist Party has had a similar return on investment because there's no way I think that you can rationalize so many of the policy decisions they've made on the energy front unless you actually want to just tank this country and the economy all the way to the ground. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, Dave, um, you know, when you talk about what's going on in the Middle East, when you talk about what's going on here at home, LNG, de-dollarization, it's serious crises, polycrises, I think is the term that the World Economic Forum would use to describe it. Is the only way out of it American energy independence? And is the only person currently present on the political stage who can achieve that, like he has before, President Donald J. Trump? Well, there's certainly no one on the Democrat side who would get near to doing that. Uh, on the Republican side, um, he's the only one that's really given voice um, to back to all-in, full-out production of gas and oil on federal lands, opening up pipelines, opening up exportation as heavily as possible of LNG and oil, the use of coal for power generation. President Trump has been the only one with one, a track record of doing those things to make America energy independent, which he did on a net export basis, and to do it going forward. Uh, it, for example, the utility plan for the next uh, 10 years in the U.S. involves mainly additions now of solar, wind, and battery storage. If you evaluate the Chinese importation portion of that, it's going to be about $700 billion of apparatus from China as we become totally dependent on their battery storage, on their thin film PV for um, solar panels. By the way, Florida is a poster child in having committed to that. Florida Power and Light and Duke Energy have committed to importing about 100 billion of Chinese solar panels over the next uh, 10 to 12 years, uh, all approved by Governor DeSantis' Public Service Commission. So th this is a, a thing that's underway. It's very much underway. The corporatocracy of groups like Nextera Energy specifically, the utility here, uh, the owner of Florida Power and Light, very, very, very bent on massive conversion of the uh, grid system to part-time resources, not full-time energy, but the use of solar panels, all made in China. So it's very, very sad as we become dependent on, on China for primary energy equipment through this process. And real quick, Dave, just 30 seconds, can you explain what's going on in Florida? I know that's that's hard to do, but just a little teaser. Well, Florida, Florida's energy plan is basically written by Florida Power and Light. They're the largest utility here. The Public Service Commission that regulates them is approving. So far, Florida Power and Light have built uh, 18 solar farms, 74.5 megawatts each, plan to build 90,000 megawatts of solar between now and 2045, which, get this, would mean 1,200 square miles of Florida land used for solar farms that operate 5.2 hours a day at a cost all in with, with their hydrogen conversions and battery storage of about uh, $250, $275 billion to Florida ratepayers over a 20-year period. For electricity, wow. uh, that's going to be vastly reduced in reliability and be very intermittent and part-time. So it's a, it's a, And this has all been a, being approved by the Public Service Commission, who are appointed here by the governor. Wow. So very sad. Oh, and by the way- Wild, Dave. I One wish I could floor. keep you, but we gotta jump. To, we gotta jump to break. So you're gonna have to hold that point until okay. next time you come on. If people want to follow you, Good where deal. can they go to do that? You can find <laughs> me on Getter and True Social at Dave Walsh Energy. Thank you, Natalie.
Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us. The future Secretary of Energy, in my uh, humble opinion. Thank you for joining us, Dave. And we got Darren Beatty and Mike Lindell. What a dynamic duo joining us after the break to talk all things when we get in. The Jaden X conviction, all guilty counts. Uh, and what the FCC wants to do in the name of digital equity with your ability to use the internet. We'll be right back. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider standing behind their service and their values as a company. They are an example of putting the cause ahead of profits. And it's why I am proud and the War Room Posse is proud to partner with them. For Black Friday, Patriot Mobile wants to give you a brand new smartphone when you make the switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. And repeat that, without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and much more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, and for a limited time, get a smartphone for free. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT and use promo code FRIDAY76. That's FRIDAY76. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. And use promo code FRIDAY76. Again, we're talking about a free smartphone. Offer is eligible only with the Black Friday promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me. Make that switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Promo code FRIDAY76. Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Now more than ever, you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment of the end of the dollar empire, whether it's de-dollarization, LNG deals with weird, shady Chinese Communist Party-linked companies that uh, have also done business with Hunter Biden. You don't want those people determining your financial future. You want to do that yourself, which is why you got to give the guys at Birchgold a call to make sure you can do that. So that's virtual.com slash Bannon. But in the meantime, we only got a few minutes. So we're going to have to table the digital equity discussion, which I'm sure the Biden regime loves for next show. But Darren JBD, real quick, your thoughts on everything going on on the Jaden X front. Who is he? Why does today matter? Well, very quickly, in interests of time, Jaden X is one of the very suspicious individuals associated with January 6. Um, he was originally called an Antifa agent, which is only partially true. And the larger truth is actually the opposite. In fact, he became persona non grata, even relative to Antifa, because Antifa called him out, out of suspicion that he was a Fed or some kind of provocateur. Comes from a very interesting family. I believe his father was some kind of military intelligence. His brother is sort of a similar type of provocateur, but on the other side, um, there's extensive footage of him collaborating with Ray Epps and interacting with Ray Epps. 
And just generally speaking, he seemed to be somebody with advanced knowledge of what was going on, who played an active role in accelerating the developments of January 6th, about whom the government exhibited very little interest. And in fact, what's perhaps more interesting than his January 6th involvement is his post-January 6th career, which involved, among other things, I believe, bizarre trips to Ukraine and other hotspots, which just kind of intensify suspicions as to what exactly he's doing. And not that I can say anything um, dispositively, but the feds do have a history of using documentarians in order to um, enact various missions that they have. And so it's interesting that he's traveling around to Ukraine and other yeah. spots where you probably wouldn't be very safe without <laughs> some kind of serious government protection. So I'll just leave it at that. And before I let you go, like I said, unfortunately, we're pressed up against the wall because time zones are apparently a thing, and I'm not good at communicating that. Um, you have a new piece coming in, I'm sure you will say white hot, at revolver.news. So if you want to walk us through it briefly, why people should go read it when the show's over. Well, this one is so hot, I think it it <laughs> escapes any description by means of color. We're beyond white here. Um, this piece is about the jury system in relation to a revisitation of the disastrous verdict against Derek Chauvin and really explores how disastrous some of the individual jurors are in this case and associated cases. We have instances of jurors who can barely speak English, who have no relation to the system, the court system under which we operate, um, we have incredibly tendentious people, some of the jurors who are involved in Black Lives Matter and so forth. And so we get into some pretty scandalous details specific to that case. But of course, as Revolver is known for, we always contextualize in the broad sort of historical scope. And we look into the origins of what does it mean to have a jury? What does it mean to be judged by one's peers? What does peers even mean in that context? And for those interested in the tradition of sort of Anglo-Saxon law and the um, origin of these liberties that at least as Americans we used to enjoy, um, this will be an extremely important and informative piece. And just as the, the, the conclusion is, people said it's some of the darkest but most um, insightful prose that they've seen. And effectively what we've done is we've moved back to a trial by ordeal system where it's a crapshoot. You know you're going to get screwed if you deal with a judge. The jury system is a crapshoot because your fate rests in the hands of 50-year-old single mother who works at a nonprofit and um, immigrants who don't speak English and various other people. So it's a very bleak situation that the jury system is actually the best shot one can have if yeah. you're conservative and you're facing a politically charged trial. So check out this piece. White hot is to diminish it, but if I have to use a color, I'll say white hot. It's at Revolver at the very top. Read it, digest it, and share it with your friends and your enemies. Darren JBD is now colorblind. Real quick, if people want to follow you, where can they go to do that? Revolver.news, Revolver.news. We are on Twitter, also known as X. X. Thank you. Uh, it sounds so 
stupid saying X. We're on X at Darren J. Beattie, and we're Put on those Getter. Put pom-poms we, away. We are, we are very <laughs> active on Getter. Um, well, Elon's been interesting lately, to say the least. We're very active on Getter at Revolver News, so check that out, too. Thank you so much. And Mike Lindell, I think we have you, too. We only got about a minute, but I know you have some deals for the War Room Posse, so why don't you give us your updates? Yeah, I'd like to thank everyone at the War Room Posse. They just became our number one supporters in the country by far. And uh, so we're, we're giving back. We're going to run these specials that we were going to run next week for Cyber Monday and for Black Friday. You can get the Giza Dream Sheets, the sheets that made us famous, for $59.98 for the queen size. And we're going to run these for a couple more days for you. $69.98 for the king. These are on sale at the other places for $89.99. So it's an extra $30 savings for the War Room Posse. Use the promo code War Room. You call the number 800-873-1062. All those specials we have, we're going to run them right through this week. You have, you see, we have the, the towels, 50% off, $29.98, the Grease of Dream sheets, the MyPillow 2.0. And we just want to thank everyone out there with the War Room Posse. You guys are number one in the country of the supporting MyPillow. And I'm sure the War Room Posse wants to thank you for always standing up for election integrity and this great country. Mike Lindell, again, give us one more time that number that people can call to get all those amazing deals. Yeah, it's 800-873-1062. Keep my operators busy. They love talking to y'all. You can tell them, tell them you support them and they are great. these great workers I have made in the USA. God bless y'all. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. More and Posse, thank you for hanging with me. I believe Steve is back for the 6 p.m. hour, but if not, he will also be back for tomorrow's morning show. As always, Natalie Winter here. Always happy to host the show. Thank you so much for hanging with me, and have a good day. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High-interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck done with debt is your lifeline done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for they know how to reduce bills they know how to cut interest rates their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently without bankruptcy and without additional loans Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it go to donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications, and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. 
Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.